Growing up in Michigan, I was around water a lot. As a kid, we would often go camping with my extended family on a lake in northern Michigan, and our rite of passage as grandchildren when we reached a certain age was to learn how to fish from my grandfather and to go on the boat with him. Now, along with this rite of passage went a parallel one. As my grandfather was teaching each of us how to fish, we inevitably would catch him with the hook. <laughs> so my grandpa, like Jesus, taught us not just how to fish for fish, but to fish for people as well. <laughs> and when we were young, now maybe this is just my, my memory and, and how children often exaggerate things in their mind, but as a child, I remember we caught a lot of fish enough to feed our extended family for a meal. Over time, though, it seemed like the fish didn't bite quite as much, which later I would learn was due to um, overfishing as well as some environmental issues. Now, while it was always a good time to get out onto the boat with my grandfather and uncles and cousins and whatnot, I got to admit, the times where we caught a lot of fish were more fun than the times where we were just sitting there with our, our lures in the water. Those times, uh, anyone who has uh, fished any amount knows, where minutes feel like hours as you just wait for that bite to happen. Anyone who fishes knows that feeling of your hope for the day slowly fading over time um, before that catch is made. You can imagine what this uh, feeling might be like and how it might be exaggerated even further if you depended on your catch that day to be able to eat or for your very livelihood. And this is certainly the case for the fishermen in our gospel reading this morning as Jesus calls these four fishermen to eventually become his disciples, to catch people, not with a hook, uh, uh, to, to catch people rather than fish. Now, we hear the story of Jesus calling these fishermen as his disciples every year. It comes up in our lectionary, our, our schedule for reading the gospel as a church every year. And it, it's usually sometime at the beginning of the year, like, like now. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell this story. But this year, we got to hear Luke's story, which is much longer than the other two. And I think it gives us a bit more detail that I think can be life-giving for us as the church today. So Jesus begins teaching by Lake Gennesaret, or Gennesaret. Um, really, it's another name for the Sea of Galilee. And because of the crowd, he decides to commandeer a boat of a fisherman, Simon, and his uh, uh, brother and colleague, Andrew. And he would teach on the boat to the crowd standing at the lakeshore. Now, Luke says nothing of what Jesus actually says during this teaching because the important part is really still to come. After teaching, he tells Simon to go back into the deep water to cast out the nets once more. Before Jesus meets Simon, he's washing his nets. They've given up for the day. I don't want us to overlook just how odd of an exchange this is. Jesus is neither a fisherman nor a son of a fisherman, jumps onto the boat of two pros and tells them how to do their job. He says, hey, go try this. I know a great spot over there. 
Simon graciously responds to Jesus' words, but it's here where the truth comes out. He says, we've been out here all night, but have caught nothing. After an unsuccessful night of fishing, they're exhausted. They're defeated. After all, this was their livelihood at stake. And here comes Jesus telling them to give it a go one more time. I think we know a thing or two about the kind of exhaustion expressed by the fishermen Jesus meets on the lake. Though, as far as I know, none of us are are professional fishermen. I could be wrong. Tell me afterwards. I'd love to hear. We're now approaching the third year of the pandemic amidst a current surge. As our community, nation, and world remains bitterly divided, regardless of how we feel on on different things, what we share is a common exhaustion and weariness. It can feel as if we're living in Bill Murray's reality in the film Groundhog Day, which we celebrated last week, where he has to live the same day over and over and over again. From teachers and parents constantly having to adjust amidst changing guidelines and rules, from medical professionals and staff on the front lines trying to desperately care for those trying to breathe, from business owners navigating decisions about safety and livelihood, and all of us somewhere in between just trying to figure out how to care for our neighbors while still living our lives. Needless to say, friends, we're exhausted. To this exhaustion, Jesus invites the fishermen and us, by extension, to put out our nets one more time out into the deep water. A pivotal question for us, friends, is how do we hear these words? How do we respond to this invitation? Simon Peter gives us one such example. Peter will certainly have his bonehead moments as a disciple as the gospel goes on. But this isn't one of them. He says, if you say so, I'll do it. I'll let down the nets. He hears Jesus' voice and follows him out into the deep, unknown waters. When he listens and follows, Jesus surprises again with an abundant, net-breaking catch, providing food and livelihood for the weary fishermen and likely their families and community. It's really a beautiful story. It's a powerful one as these fishermen go on to follow Jesus, to do what he tells them, to catch people instead of fish. It's an important, powerful, transformational story. There really are a couple of dangers in this story that I think we need to point out and reflect on. The first danger is that in our culture and world, it is so tempting to see the fishermen dropping what they're doing, following and listening Jesus, to believe that from then on, everything will go well for them. And if we do the same, everything will go well for us. This is certainly what the prosperity gospel folks would want us to believe, that God rewards the faithful with health and wealth. Now, all you need to do to refute such a reading and such an idea is just keep reading in the gospel and then keep going into Acts. And you'll soon see that those who follow Jesus don't get an easy way out. 
Rather, Jesus himself promises that life will be difficult for those who follow him. This miraculous catch, then, is not a promise of health and wealth and eternal blessing that nothing will ever go wrong. Rather, what this means, what this catch, what this sign means, is it's an image, it's a reminder of Christ meeting and feeding us with what we need. With what we need when we feel utterly exhausted and depleted as the fishermen did on the boat. There's another danger. The other danger is seeing this as a call for us as disciples to go it on our own. To keep going, keep pushing ourselves beyond our physical, emotional, and spiritual limits. After all, Jesus tells the disciples, hey, just try one more time and everything will be right. It's tempting to see that. As Simon and Andrew receive their abundant catch, I want you to notice what happens. Something really powerful happens. They have so many fish, their nets start to break, possibly even taking down the boat with them. So what do they do? They call for help. The brothers James and John are in the nearby boat, and they're partners with Simon and Andrew. They come over to help their friends with this abundant catch. And together, they're able to manage the load. It's a powerful lesson and image for us in this moment of exhaustion, friends. To not be shy about asking for help when it feels like our nets are beginning to break. To not hesitate also to lend a hand to a neighbor. So not only to ask for help if you feel like your net's starting to break, but jump out to help someone else if you feel like theirs might be. To put it simply, friends, it's a reminder that we need each other, especially in times like this. This reminder hits home for me personally. Now, like many professions, ministry hasn't exactly been easy during these past two and now going on three years during the pandemic. What I've found, though, is not only the, the support I receive from you all as our church family, but the support I receive from my colleagues in ministry. We're wrestling with what to do next, how to respond, how to do something in a different way because the way we've done it isn't possible right now. Reaching out and asking for help or just a shoulder to lean on, to reflect with, to, to uh, have some shop talk and time to commiserate together is so life-giving. In fact, this past week, I was able to meet up with the pastor of the Methodist Church for coffee and just to simply catch up. While we had no real agenda, it was so nice just to feel supported by one another. When those nets feel like they're tugging just a little too much, feel like you have someone or a community of people around you to help support the load. Friends, it's a reminder that we need each other. To not ask for help, or to not hesitate to ask for help at least when, when we feel like our nets are beginning to break. Now, in a minute here, once I get done talking and we sing and some more stuff, uh, we'll gather again at our Lord's table. And friends, it is here 
that we're reminded again and again that when we feel exhausted, when we feel overwhelmed, the table is the place where Jesus meets and feeds us again and again and again. But it's also at the table that we're reminded that Jesus not only meets and feeds us here, he brings us all together. It's not a personal solo act. Communion is always done together. So when we gather at this table, we're brought together with each other. And not just the people gathered in the room or the folks worshiping with us online, we're gathered with all the faithful, all of the church together in this act. It's a reminder that we can lean on and seek support from one another in this time. So friends, in this strange, exhausting time, Christ has called each of us by name and has asked us to go out into the deep one more time and cast our nets out into that deep water. May we listen to this call and may we follow it, friends knowing that Christ meets and feeds us where we are, as we are, and that Christ brings us together, that we might seek each other for help, support, and reassurance that we're not in this on our own. May it be so, friends, for us and for all.